regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I'm your host, Stanley Hudson, joined by the foremost authority in backing up anything, Captain Reverso. The one and the only. How are you this evening? Captain Reverso. You know, I was talking about uh, last week on the way out here, I stopped at the gas station. There was a, uh, a couple manly lesbians is the nice terminology. And I'll be damned. If I didn't go to a different gas station in town and get hit on by, I mean, and there's no other way to say it, a bull dyke. I guess they think you're attractive. Uh, um, it's not a good, not a good batting average here. Uh, what do we have first? We talked about this a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Therefore, I had to put it first, and. Um, there was there was quite a few articles. I, I chose Breitbart for this one. There's a lot of people talking about this. So when we talked about uh, Conoco the Great Substack, which if, working backwards, the people that were behind 2,000 Mules, that was True the Vote, um, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht's group, Dinesh D'Souza, and Greg Phillips were the, the big names involved in that. And they had... had Greg Phillips on social media had alluded to finding a lot bigger things than what they saw in 2000 Mules. So what they did, well, I'm recapping, to present this information, they had a symposium of sorts they referred to as the pit. And that was comprised of a lot of citizen journalists coming in because they had, people had tried to infiltrate that that meeting for a reason. Yeah, And they started to uncover the things we talked about a few episodes ago with a company in Michigan founded by a Chinese national, Connect, that had voting software. And so, and the, that they, he, on Conoco of the Greats, Substack, this person broke this down to the most finest nuances. And... I'm sure that a lot of people, when they hear that stuff, like, eh, you know, whatever. So New York Times did a piece on True the Vote and Greg Phillips, how it was just... The, I'm the, sure it wasn't true according to the New York Times. Well, I'll tell you what. Now that you said that, we'll just roll right into it. All right. Sorry for breaking your... Oh, no, thought. it's all good, dude, because that's this that's the beauty of this but i don't know how much bright bar goes into that that specific portion of it and if they don't go deep into it i will uh the headline is authorities ceo of election software company sent american poll workers data to china he's been arrested by the way just oh well here we go we're off to the races just one day after the new york times attempted to downplay suspicions around the election software company connect 
The company's CEO, Eugene Yu, has been taken into custody under suspicion of sending data on American poll workers to communist China. On October 3rd, the New York Times published an article by reporter Stuart Thompson titled, quote, How a Tiny Elections Company Became a Conspiracy Theory Target, in which he claimed that the election deniers were targeting, targeting Connick, a Michigan election software firm with just 21 U.S. employees, and had developed a theory with threadbare evidence, quote, threadbare evidence, that the company had ties to Chinese com- the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to the personal data of around 2 million poll workers in the United States. Thompson suggested that such beliefs were ridiculous and anyone suggesting there was validity to these claims was simply a, qu- a quote, election denier spinning conspiracy theories. So here's a tweet from Molly Hemingway. Wow, 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 wow. I've never seen anything age this poorly this quickly by New York Times Stuart Thompson. Also, could adults stop using the Democrat propaganda term, quote, election denial to describe people with legitimate challenges to election administration? And so there's the two headlines uh, by the same guy. Election saw, so he, we covered the first headline, how a tiny elections company became a conspiracy theory target the very next day. Election software executive arrested on suspicion of theft. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, Whoopsies. And, and one of the things that I like so much is kind of the, the recurring theme that I've been discussing lately, and that's really applicable to most anything we talk about when we're not cutting up, is where are you getting your information? And is that information, does it seem accurate? Is it is it demonstrable? Can you prove it? And is the source you're getting it from historically been accurate. True. So on October 4th, just one day later, the New York Times published another article from Thompson titled Election Software Executive Arrested on Suspicion of Theft, in which he reported that Eugene Yu, the CEO of Connect, had been arrested under suspicion of theft after U.S. user data was found stored in China, exactly what the, quote, election deniers that Thompson had derided claimed. Los Angeles County, this is where it gets a little bit weird, and, and we'll get into that too. Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon commented on the situation saying, quote, data breaches are ongoing, an ongoing threat to our digital way of life. When we entrust a company to hold our confidential data, they must be willing and able to protect our personal identifying information from theft. Otherwise, we are all victims. So there's questions why this hardcore George Soros-funded DA is the one kind of leading the charge legally yeah. here. Now this guy's soft on everything, right? He's letting all these... He, he's definitely a bad guy. And, and so people are asking Greg Phillips on social media why and kind of his cryptic slash like clandestine responses, you know, Patriot games. Like, so I don't know. But to, to me, in my opinion, thus far, Greg Phillips, to me, in, in this avenue is a trustworthy individual that has bona fide accolades in this arena. Exactly. So... In a statement, a spokesperson for Connick said that the company was attempting to learn the details of what we believe to be Mr. Yu's wrongful detention and that it stood by recent statements it made in a lawsuit defending its handling of user data. Remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about them trying to sue True the Vote. Yeah. Quote, any L.A. County poll worker data that Connick may have processed was provided to it by L.A. County and therefore could not have been stolen as suggested, the spokesman said. In a statement, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said that it had caused to believe that the personal information on election workers was criminally mishandled and was seeking to extradite you from Michigan to Los Angeles. 
one of the things in some of the other articles that you'll see, the data they compiled had banking information, all kind of financials. They have a lot of information. And by proxy of this being located where it is, the CCP had direct access to this information. And that was covered in Conicoa, the great Substack, how all that is broken down. And here's the thing, man, that, that, that kind of, and this goes for so many issues that if, and, and I'll admit that this is why we're here. And I feel like this is what we do for our listeners is we try to break these things down. But I think, man, in a lot of times, for an example, that guy's Substack was very extensive. Yeah, It's a long read. It's, and I even mentioned it at the time, it's complicated when you're dealing with a lot of Chinese names that are hard to pronounce. But the fake news is not going to tell you this. They never were, and they never will. So there has to be extracurricular effort on, on people's behalf to find that real information. And it's, and it's almost as a lot of people, man, became intellectually lazy to seek out the truth because it became difficult when in all actuality it's never been easier. Because of the internet, yeah. so they're spending too much time on uh, Instagram and Facebook and not on the internet doing what they should be doing. And, and well, mind you, I'm not specifically. I'm, I'm not referencing our listeners. I'm just saying, like, well, I know. I'm just saying, other it, people in general. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's how. Well, and we'll get into some of the other the narratives like we do every week. But again, looking when you're talking about historical accuracy. That guy Substack broke this down without question how these connections existed, were made, and what they truthfully were. It was undeniable. And at the same time, like, oh, nothing ever happens. And I'm not saying that this is I, – I think this is a pretty big deal. And, and people don't look at it in the context of, oh, you know, is 2020 going to be undone? No, no. That's, that's not what this will equate to. And at this point, I mean, that's – you know, every – Everybody has a different opinion. I don't see that as realistic at this juncture, but this is a this is definitely a step in the right direction, and it's also proof that there is a way to untangle this mess. But it's private citizen journalists that are doing it, not not the mainstream. You're never going to see Don Lemon talk oh, yeah. about this. No, you're not going to see Fox News talk about this either. Well, I don't know. The fact that it showed up on Breitbart is a pretty big deal. Breitbart, I like Breitbart, but they're not they're not hardcore. They play it safe. Most of the time. True the vote issue statement regarding the arrest of Connex CEO, Eugene Yu. And remember, this is the, the thing that they took to the FBI. And then they got threatened, right? And absolutely. True the vote is honored to have played a small role in what must have, and look, that's, uh, they played a big role, of course. They're, uh, they're being coy about that. True the vote is honored to have played a small role in what must have been a wide-ranging and complex investigation. The organization is profoundly grateful to the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office for their thorough work and rapid action in this matter. True the vote was sued last month by Connick to try to silence our organization, including obtaining an ex parte TRO, we discussed that, conducted in secret so that True the vote had no opportunity to contest it. The TRO is limited. True the vote's ability to speak on the litigation Today, Connex CEO Eugene Yu was arrested based on alleged evidence of the very activities he and his organization attempted to suppress. Connex was assisted by many reporter, reporters who unblinkingly accepted their now discredited claims as fact and simply repeated them. According to True the Vote founder Catherine Engelbrecht, election integrity should, be, should not be a partisan issue, nor should media try to suppress all conversation about it in a way that benefits one party. We will continue to report evidence of threats to our election process and will work with law enforcement to ensure our elections are secure, a secure space for all American voters. And, I mean, 
how does this make people feel when you constantly see the mainstream media talking and, and, and the politicians, career-long politicians, talking about the sanctity of the vote and threats to democracy? And you're, you're labeling these people a threat to democracy, and they proved what what these crooks were doing with our information and what which with our the, elections. Which is the true threat to democracy. Absolutely. And so, again, move, move to this next one, and we'll drive this point home because the the good information foundation came up i believe it was last week oh yeah it did because that was backed by george wasn't soros Mm -hmm. Buford found out for us yeah and we're still on breitbart so linkedin billionaire reed and this is a little bit long-winded so just bear with me on it linkedin billionaire reed hoffman's dark money behind clandestine good information foundation group accused of election meddling and so what I just said and what, what you reiterated about them trying to control the narrative. I just don't understand. What, what do these guys get out of doing this? I, I don't understand why. Well, why? Power, control, some of it's philosophical, ideological. Two weeks ago, attorney and legal commentator Preston Moore posted a video saying, and this is we covered this, he was offered but did not accept hundreds of dollars from a group to attack Donald Trump and Trump Republicans. The group that solicited Moore is called the Good Information Foundation. And presumably, if Moore is telling the truth, this is common practice for them. Moore told Breitbart News, they wanted me to use fear to manipulate people into voting blue or into voting not Trump. And when they're giving examples of the things they wanted me to say, don't say Trump and his allies, say Trump Republicans. It became really clear that this was about putting out information to impact midterms. It's that brazen, apparently. This appears to be a violation of federal law that prohibits 501c3 organizations from directly or indirectly participating in or intervening in any political campaign. This case seems like such blatant abuse of our tax code. I was personally compelled to file a complaint with the IRS about the group. The Good Information Foundation is, according to its website, the nonprofit arm of Good Information, Inc., which describes itself as, quote, a public benefit corporation committed to restoring social trust and strengthening democracy by investing in solutions that counter disinformation and increase the flow of good information online. When they are the disinformation, it's a bunch of horse crap. It is not readily apparent from their website who is running the organization. They do not list board members, leadership, or key staff. Tom Fitton told me that's uh, Tom Fitton's from uh, Judicial Watch. He's legit. Tom Fitton told me on radio show Breitbart News Daily that the shadowy nature of this nonprofit is not illegal, but it is murky and unusual. What's more, they were founded recently, so there is minimal publicly available financial information. What has been reported is the Good Information, Inc. is not only backed by far-left billionaire activist George Soros, but also LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman. So that we'll get into a little bit of the why that you asked. Hoffman is a 55-year-old billionaire who helped launch PayPal before co-founding LinkedIn in 2002. He has since fashioned himself into a Democratic mega-donor, though his activities are largely hidden from public view. He is one of the key framers of the modern political infrastructure that is contouring the current American landscape by allowing the super-wealthy to use nonprofits and lenient disclosure laws to make large political contributions in relative obscurity. Tactically, he embraces both the disingenuous and the censorious, as well as the Chinese Communist Party. He's one part Soros, one part Michael Bloomberg, and one part Lauren Powell Jobs. When it comes to spending on so-called dark money, 
Democrats dominate Republicans, and Hoffman has emerged as a major donor in this world. Like Lorraine Powell Jobs, Hoffman backs a partisan behemoth that is devouring media, acronym, and Courier Newsroom. As I wrote my best-selling book, Breaking the News, Courier has avoided restrictions on online political advertising by couching pro-DNC content as news. For example, Courier produces laudatory pieces and videos on Democrat causes and candidates with factory-like regularity. Courier Newsroom is one of the most brazen left-wing endeavors funded by jobs. Journalist Joshua Green described Courier as the left's plan to slip vote-swaying news into Facebook. <clears throat> but Hoffman's shady political activity doesn't end there. He also funded a series of pro-Doug Jones ads in Alabama that were modeled on much-decried Russian propaganda peddled on Facebook and Twitter in 2016. The project's operatives posed as conservative Alabamians on Facebook and tried to use the platform to divide Republicans, pushing them toward an in, a right-in candidate and away from Roy Moore, the GOP's nominee for Senate. They also ran a scheme, according to the New York Times, to link Moore, I'm sorry, to link the Moore campaign to thousands of Russian accounts that suddenly began flow, following the Republican candidate on Twitter, a development that drew national media attention, and that was all fake as we see now. Quote, we orchestrated an elaborate false flag operation that planted the idea that the Moore campaign was amplified on social media by a Russian botnet, an internal report on the project said, according to the Times. And remember, this is, this is the Good Information Foundation guy. This is the get off of Facebook if you haven't already. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of them specifically, these tactics were so dirty that Hoffman ultimately apologized after public exposure, of course. Still being part of an effort to swing an election with this information campaign that is modeled after tactics used by Ru Putin's Russia is a striking item to have on one's resume. Make no mistake, Hoffman cares deeply about important global issues. They have globalist issues. He sits on the board of CZ Biohub, the biomedical arm of the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. The group is named for Priscilla Chan, wife of Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg himself. Hoffman also advises the left-wing how do you pronounce this? Burger and Institute, which runs a research center for artificial intelligence and life sciences at Peking University. Bergerin organizes regular understanding China meetings with President Xi Jinping. According to their own website, they previously partnered with the Washington Post on efforts to gaslight the English-speaking world on the threat of the CCP by advancing claims like America has little to fear from a China-centered world, which also coincides with a lot of the rhetoric from the Biden family in the last decade. <clears throat> in 2019, the Bergeron Institute awarded its one million Bergeron Prize to Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg in recognition of the left-wing icon's life as a lifelong trailblazer for human rights and gender equality and a constant voice in favor of equality, the rights of workers, and the separation of church and state. This is essentially handing a million-dollar bag of cash to a liberal simply for being awesome in their eyes. Hoffman is also an occasional collaborator with Communist China on a direct level. As Peter Swizer reported in his number one best-selling book, Red Handed, LinkedIn is the most China-friendly friendly, American-owned social networking site, and Hoffman is known as the most connected man in Silicon Valley. LinkedIn managed to stay operational in the authoritarian country by remaining com in compliance with Chinese censorship rules until 2021. By comparison, Facebook and Twitter have been banned in, by the CCP since 2009. So you say get off Facebook, get off of LinkedIn. Yeah. Hoffman is, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I don't have to. I'm not on that. I don't even know I've never it, had I don't LinkedIn. I don't know what it is. I've been at the same job for a very long time. I don't need, well, 
I don't, I don't think I need LinkedIn, do I? I don't even know what it is, so I'd say probably not. Hoffman has even appeared. Well, it's like helps you like get connected, uh, like with, with uh, people inside your sphere, like of employment. <clears throat> Hoffman has even appeared at CCP-backed events that have been denounced as fraudulent by others in the left-wing globalist tech industry. According to Swizer, he appears to be the only Westerner who has regularly spoken on China's World Internet Conferences. These events are close to the press and are designed to amplify Xi Jinping's vision for the digital age. Hoffman has publicly praised China and said the U.S. should emulate the communist regime. LinkedIn agreed to store data about Chinese citizens on servers hosted in China. Those servers were made available to CCP officials. China appeared to have nearly unlimited ability to censor content on LinkedIn. So there's what you asked. Hoffman has publicly praised China and said the U.S. should emulate the communist regime. So that's how he yeah. feels. And so I'll just go live in China, man. It, and there's a little bit more. We'll have a link to that in the description. But there you have it. And this is the type of person that's over information trying. And this is just one microcosm of the way election fraud is working in our country right now. So going back to, to that election of Roy Moore in Alabama, and I remember that there was, uh, you know, where he had signed a, a girl's face or I'm sorry, Facebook yearbook way back when. And she tried to say that there was some sexual impropriety. I can't even remember what it was, but it was, it was the same as uh, Blasey Ford during the Kavanaugh hearings. It was just this really, really weak accusation with little to nothing to back it up. But it was enough to do if I don't think that we've ever talked about Pelosi discussing the wrap up smear, but that's what it was. And that's the tactics that these nasty, disgusting, power hungry pieces of crap will employ to get what they want. All that about misinformation being said, check this out. And always remember why, who and why is trying to make you think what. You know what I mean? Again, dictating a narrative. And we're on Gateway Pundit. Ukrainian PM Zelensky posts Twitter poll labeling Elon Musk a Russia supporter after Musk calls for peace in Ukraine. And things like this always remind me of Barack Obama when he said that Republicans must, you know, they, they are for dirty air and dirty water because they were not for overburdensome, cumbersome, uh, Leviathan government mandates on uh, environmental things. Oh, so you must want dirty air and dirty water. Like there's no middle ground between between the heavy-handed control that you wackos want to exert, like the state of California yeah. would be the perfect example, and dirty air and dirty water. There, there's an absolute lot of middle ground there, and they're so bad about trying to paint things in these uh, completely diametrically opposed. When they talk about, you know, uh, centrist and being in the middle, y'all, y'all, you're never really there in your actual policy or rhetoric. You're hardcore leftist freaking wackos. That to say, like, oh, I call for peace. Oh, you're a Russian agent. You're a pro-Russia. And we've been seeing this since the onset of saying, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, you're pro-Putin. Never said no. that. You said that, not me. So on Monday, Elon Musk posted a tweet using de-escalation of the Russian war on Ukraine. Musk fears any escalation could cause great harm to not only Ukraine, but the world. Elon Musk's tweet. I still very much support Ukraine, but I'm convinced that massive escalation of the war will cause great harm to Ukraine and possibly the world. Does that seem unreasonable? No. Because I know people that find that unreasonable. That's That seems reasonable to me. It does. I mean... Elon Musk also posted a poll on the endgame in the war. 
In response to his question, Elon Musk was slammed by his pro-war critics. The worst reaction came from Ukrainian ambassador to Germany who made it personal. Don't even know how to pronounce uh, yeah, that name. Yeah, unpronounceable so. German name. Told Elon to F off. So... I don't know how to work this soundboard. Buford, by the way, if you hadn't noticed, is not here this evening. Therefore, I am the producer and your host. And I am not nearly as fluid as he is with this thing. It's There's a lot of buttons here and switches, knobs, and uh, slides. The slide We have the slide no. things like uh, Coolio probably used when he was pr- mm-hmm. producing in the studio. Amish Paradise. Listen, I know Coolio was so last week. I'm still... Not so over so it. So devastated. His best song was Amish Paradise. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> so anyway, Elon Musk's second tweet was said this, read to elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is the will of the people. The reason he's saying that is because you have these separatist regions that have been attacked by the Ukrainian government for the last seven years. And again, there's video journalists on the ground that is well, well documented. So when you're talking about from a human rights standpoint and feeling sorry for these people, the, the same heavy-handed Ukrainian government now run by Zelensky, Poroshenko before, they've been attacking those people in those separatist regions for shelling them for a long time. And remember, this is the same government that, that quelled all political opposition by throwing people in jail and controlling state-running all the media. Mm-hmm. They took it all over. So, sorry. Second bullet point he put, Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783 until Khrushchev's mistake. Water supply to Crimea assured. Ukraine remains neutral. And then he's got a yes-no poll, so we'll scroll down. Uh, That's whenever uh, this guy comes out. The only outcome is that now no Ukrainian will ever buy your effing Tesla crap, so good luck to you. F off is my very diplomatic reply to you. I guess this guy's making money off the war also. In response to Musk's question, Ukrainian Prime Minister Zelensky posted his own poll suggesting Elon Musk is a pro-Russia because he wants peace in the region. Musk has donated Starlink satellites to Ukraine during the invasion at no cost to the country. Yeah, so somebody responded to uh, Zelensky's post that Elon gave you Starlink. Boris Johnson ordered you to continue the war and stop peace efforts leading to the death of Ukraine's finest man who is truly pro-Ukraine. Good point. Hit that next one that says Lindsey Graham on it. Everybody's favorite rhino dirt bag. <clears throat> also on Gateway Pundit, Lindsey Graham threatens Elon Musk after he calls for de-escalation in Ukraine-Russia war. And so they recap a little bit of what we just covered as far as the tweets go, and we'll get down to uh, Warhawk, uh, dirt bag rhino, Lindsey Graham's take. And, you know, some people would quantify this as a broken clock as, you know, right twice a day. I quantify this as the same old, same old. And there's so much rhetoric here that is that harkens back to the Iraq-Afghanistan debacle and, and a multitude of other things they've had us involved in. Ukrainian President Zelensky also attacked Elon Musk with his own poll. This prompted warmonger Lindsey Graham to jump in and attack Musk for being, quote, dumb and threatening Elon's Tesla company. Here's Lindsey's response to Elon Musk. With all due respect to Elon Musk, and I do respect him as if that matters. Nobody yeah. cares about that. Irrelevant. I would suggest that he needs to understand the facts of the Russia Ukra- Russia invasion of Ukraine. And that's one of the things. So, as if we need a deeper comprehension 
uh, like there's something that we're incapable of understanding that a corrupt politician yeah. can, and that is true. We can't understand the magnitude of the money you're grifting out of this endeavor. That's number one. <clears throat> Suggesting we end the Russian invasion by simply giving Russia parts of Ukraine after all the suffering is dumb. Hmm. Again, what just happened in Iraq and Afghanistan again? Yeah, you gave them all back. It was also an affront to the bravery of the Ukrainians fighting to defend their homeland. Again, what about Iraq and Afghanistan? In 1994, through the Budapest Memorandum, Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons arsenal, the third largest in the world, in return for assurances their territorial integrity would be protected. While we're at it, maybe the Congress should revisit the electric vehicle tax credit boondoggle. It is where the credit is now solely benefiting electric vehicle manufacturers who have increased prices equal to the tax credit. So Elon Musk's response to that was, first of all, Tesla hasn't had the consumer tax credit for years, and we didn't ask for one. GM and Ford did. And I'm not, but keep in mind, I'm not on Elon Musk's yeah. side in any particular way. I think that, that a lot, so a lot of people would think that, you know, saying, calling for peace is, um, is bending the knee and, and um, kowtowing. Again, there, there's multiple ways that can be achieved, and nobody, and that's what I said last week, when, when Donald Trump offered to, to broker a peace deal, they don't want peace. No. That, that much is obvious to me. They, they push and push and push. Lindsey Graham has called for Vladimir Putin's assassination on syndicated news. Like, yeah. how, how much more provocative could you be? So, and uh, Cat Turd, who I follow on uh, True Social, I guess he's still being on Twitter. Ignore Lindsay, the warmonger POS. He loves to send kids to die in wars. Couldn't agree more. And so, how, how genuine and accurate and honest has Lindsey Graham been in his career? I'm probably saying never. He, he's in the negatives. He's, yeah. he's, he's deep into the negatives. And people still fall for this BS. Confuses me. This is also something that Buford had asked about last week when uh, Bill Clinton was talking about the border and then we brought up Hillary. We are on economictimes.com. And the headline is, Hillary targeting Biden administration's open borders to run for president in 2024, says former U.S. President Bill Clinton's advisor. I thought this old dirtbag came out and said she wasn't going to run. A few weeks ago. Oh, dude, you, it's it's just same as Lindsey Graham. There's not a whole lot of difference there. It's this is one of the most dis, dishonest people to ever walk the face of the planet. It's one dude. ugly thing. Yeah, she's a wench, dude. She's a disgusting broad. Political guru Dick Morris <clears throat> asserted that Hillary Clinton is using her husband's strategy by criticizing the Biden administration's open borders to prepare herself to run for president. In 2024, former Bill Clinton's advisor Morris claimed Hillary is positioning herself to run for president again in two years as a moderate choice for Democrats. This would be her third attempt. In a recent MSNBC appearance, the former Secretary of the State and Senator from New York criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for allegedly trafficking immigrants by flying them from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. I'm sorry, they're just flying everywhere else. Morris expanded on remarks he made to Katsimatidis, what is this, on the show last week when he projected that Democrats would support Clinton over President Biden out of concern that a more extreme contender might win the nomination. The polls may indicate that the Democrats are leaning for a lunatic radical like Gavin Newsom or Bernie Sanders once Biden withdraws, Morris added, as per the reports. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see, which 
the rhetoric that I've seen from Joe Biden is that he, which I don't, it's not really up to Joe Biden whether he runs again or not, but they'll, they'll pull him if they deem fit, which at this point, man, I just don't see how he yeah. makes it when he's looking for people that are that passed away. Yeah. So he, he has dementia. I mean, there's no, oh, I mean, no doubt that's about also it. understatement of the century. He's got severe dementia. And again, man, he was never smart to begin with. He was prone to a gargantuan amount of gaffes. Always, and he was—he's dishonest. Is all get out. He's lied since since he's been in Washington, and I'm sure he's lied prior. Do you see that thing this week where he got a Puerto Rican now, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on that man. And uh, who was it, man? Oh, Cash Patel had some really, really good uh, posts on True Social about that. Man, they were hilarious. But no, he was caught on a hot mic at that same thing. I think it was that one. Yeah, he said said nobody f's with the Bidens or something. Yeah. Right. He's a full-fledged gangster. He's a bad dude. He's one of the good fellas. Everybody's favorite fake vice president did not get a spot last week, and she more than made up for it this week. She brought the heat. i got to give her credit, and uh, we'll just play the video on this one. This is uh, Everybody's probably heard this by now, but it was too good to, to leave out. I really enjoyed this. I know we are all thinking about the families in Florida, in Puerto Rico, with Fiona, um, in, in, and what we need to do to help them in terms of an immediate response oh, wait, and no, aid, but also... In terms of, I said that last in terms of, yeah. in terms, everything's in terms of. That's not a necessary phrase every time you open your cake hole, which I... I'm just waiting for to say... What's her other one? Looking back on whatever we can. Oh, the passage of time, yeah. the significance of yeah. the passage of time. Yeah, that was a that was a hot one, dude. We got some mileage out of that one. Back that up and then start it. Well, start it over. I'm sorry, I interrupted. So let her let her hit it again. We'll take it from the top. I know we are all thinking about the families in Florida, in Puerto Rico, with Fiona, um, in, in, and what we need to do to help them in terms of an immediate response and aid, but also what we need to do to help restore communities and build communities back up in a way that they can be resilient, not to mention adapt to these extreme weather conditions, which are part of the future. Um, on the point that you made about disparities, you know, when I was back, when I was District Attorney of San Francisco. I was elected in 2003. I started one of the first environmental justice units of NEDA's office in the country focused on this issue. And in particular on the disparities as you have described rightly, which is that it is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and so we absolutely and so we have to address this in a way that back, is back about that up to what she just said did she say and women extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and, and so women. we absolutely okay. and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. Everything that comes out of her mouth is so patronizing and idiotic. So one thing would be right off the rip. Did you got something? I was just going to say I want her to explain how 
families of color and all these other were impacted more by this storm than white families. That, I'm literally, that's what I'm trying to comprehend. Yeah, here I mean, the, the, but well, because, and look, like I've said so many times, I'll try to put myself in their, their idiotic, mor- moronic frame of mind. And so what she's saying when they're talking about equity is, oh, they have a lower starting point. And, and that's, I mean, that's as far as I can really comprehend. So it's, it's really muddy. And, and, and I could talk about this one subject for hours. I could ramble all over the place. Because the, the starting off point is here. So is, are you saying this is a spot to, to give them a disproportionate amount of aid based on their race, like to, yeah. to get them ahead of where they were prior to uh, just, I mean, what is, which number one, with the funds that you allocate to go to Ukraine alone, why couldn't you, you distribute equal amounts of aid on a dollar basis to everybody that was yeah. affected? Like number that's, that would be number one. Number two, what would the Democrat party ever do? if they could not pander to black America in this way by, by patronizing them to give them free stuff for a vote yeah. to make them think you really care. Cause this is all complete horse. Crap. And the really, no. there's, there was a viral video of a, a black guy talking about voting for DeSantis down there in Florida because he did such a good job. And of course the Democrats are all upset about yeah. it, but black America by to a, a significant degree is not falling for this anymore. And what would they do if if Black America America became successful? Oh, they would to to a, to the degree that they're saying they can't, because that's that's what she's saying is you can't. You need equ- there needs to be equity because you're lesser than. You're the Democrats are the ones that are saying Black American minorities are lesser than. I guess they would move on to the Hispanics that they're just letting. They're not buying it either, the though. They're not money. buying it. And so, dude, nobody's falling for this garbage anymore because, dude, it's the Democrat Party that is continually telling people that aren't white, that they're lesser than, that white people are better. White people don't think they're better. They don't even care. And we all know what this is. But we're all thinking about the families. No, we're all not. You apparently are only thinking about the minority families, you racist piece of shit. That's what it is. And, oh, build communities back. You only want to build specific communities back by your own words because you're a sick, race-baiting sack of dog shit. Do we have any more, Kamala? Yes, we do. I think I think this is probably the first time we'll have a clip from Bill Mayer on here. Oh, Lord. Well, he is a dirtbag, but and not that it what his audience uh, like the headline. Bill Mayer's literal audience applauds when he suggests dump, Biden dump Kamala Harris in twenty twenty four. His audience for, will clap for anything that he says whenever they turn on the button to clap. Yeah. So, but let's just check this out. And what I could see is replacing the vice president because. Yeah, she's, she's just not very popular anywhere, and <laughs> it didn't seem to work out, and um, I don't know, that's been done before on a ticket, you know? I mean, a lot of people... Tulsi Gabbard, remember, that was that moment in the debate where she brought up these, that there are uh, men and women in California that are in prison for these, you know, pot deals, and then she was laughing about getting high on the radio station, and it was just like, Tulsi Gabbard was like this heat-seeking missile, that was the end of it. You know, she's got a lot of, in addition to being, for some reason, um, an off-putting person, she, <laughs> she also has, I think, a lot of 
baggage that probably wouldn't do well under a lot of scrutiny. I just think she's a bad politician, and I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't think. I think she's a very bright person, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Just see, but I can see them doing that because a lot of the problem with Biden being old is, oh, if he dies, then you know you're mm -hmm. going to get this person. Okay, so here's the problem with the Democratic Party: they're so boxed in by identity politics that you cannot conceive of a Democratic ticket that doesn't have a woman, person of color on it, and pretty soon you're going to line up behind that gay Latino and you're going to have to have, you know, a, a deaf Eskimo be, uh, <laughs> be, be the... Uh, That's funny. Am I, am I right I, that they are boxed in by I, identity? I, I, well, first of all, I, I, I see it differently in that I don't think Kamala has, has caught fire yet or found her footing. <laughs> I think that's true. I think, I think the, poll, the polling data says that. But uh, I that? don't think that she's... That's Van Jones. And so you, you don't think she's caught her footing yet in two years. Yeah. And remember, she was the most unpopular candidate in the primaries. And just like that woman there said, and that's a good, that's an accurate analogy, when Tulsi Gabbard went after her in the primary uh, debates, she absolutely eviscerated her. It was brutal, and it was all true, which lent itself to the brutality of the exchange. But Bill Mayer just said that he thinks she's a very bright person, but she's not a good politician. Dude, you're, not that's completely disingenuous. You know that that woman is a steaming moron. She's an absolute idiot. She's an imbecile who slept her way to the top, and it's okay to say it. Like It's, it's unfashionable to talk— you, and I'm not saying that it's tasteful to call someone, you know, a female a whore. Yeah, but, but if the, the shoe fits where it... Well, I mean, the word exists for a reason. And whores sleep their way to the top, and that's exactly what you did. I'm not trying to be disparaging, funny, or scathing. It's just the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. You're a disgusting woman. You have a... You, and that's the thing. Somebody was saying that, oh, to pass the bar, you've got to be smart. Yeah. No, here's proof positive right here. Right there. Yeah. Because that woman is not intelligent. She was a bad prosecutor. Period. You're, you're, you're disingenuous. You're dishonest. You're unintelligent. And the, all of those things combined lend themselves to her being off-putting, like that woman said. And we've said many a time, and most people believe, I think the major, the vast majority, will the, the primaries, her, what happened there would yeah. dictate that the majority finds that feels the same way. But there's it's even more than that. Again, it's bad enough if an intelligent person talks to people in a patronizing fashion and talks down to you as if you're stupid, like your children, what she does with regularity. But it adds a lot of salt and insert, insult to injury when a stupid person <laughs> is talking to, to you that way. Absolutely, dude. Lady, I don't even, I would make like, you know, a stereotypical tongue in cheek comment about getting in the kitchen and making a sandwich, but you probably wouldn't be good at that. And look, again, this isn't popular, this isn't tasteful, but the reality is, the, probably the only thing you're good at is what got you to where you are, and that's sexual favors. And the problem with that is, dude, when you sleep, and you see this with all types of people that use ill or, or negative tactics to get into a position they don't belong in, and that's exactly what she did. And you see it throughout every job that anybody's ever had. You had that one person that kissed us all the way to the top. And when they get there, they have no idea what to do but do the things that got them there. This woman's a freaking idiot, dude. And he, Bill Moore, he's a, I don't know. When he says that people are only, you know, they don't want to maybe vote for Biden in 2024 because of her, uh, there's more to it than that. I absolutely I agree. Mean, you know. Yeah, and it's a great point because, and that's where I was going to go next with it, is that 
that completely negates and their policy. The Democrat Party's policy is terribly unpopular. It also doesn't give credence to the fact that, and he, he would never admit it, that the that the election was stolen. Yeah, I mean. So I guess we're just, you know, MAGA fascist election yeah. deniers, but this is what happens when corruption dictates an election. You get this. And we're not even two years in yet. We're, we're coming up. Thank the Lord we've made it this far. But we're approaching, thank God, everybody together, we're approaching the two-year mark of this hell. And we got a long way to go, but, dude, we're almost halfway, dude. That's got that. I got to admit. What? No, I was just going to say, I guess that, that means a little bit. It does mean a little bit, man. We've made it this far, so... And we started doing this show because of this crap. Like, this is why this started. Yeah. And so we're halfway. Maybe we'll quit at the, uh, if Trump gets the reelectable. Yeah, we'll, we'll, the, we'll go to the inauguration of Trump and do a show live from there, and then that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the finale, the grand finale. So, yeah, man. Uh, no, well, I don't know. We, we got a lot of new listeners here lately. So, and by the way, thank you for everybody that's listening. Genuinely, thank you for listening to this. Uh, not particularly sure why people choose to listen to this one, but we're getting more and more listeners. Yeah, thanks Thank for the reviews. Also, we got quite a few new reviews last week. I know Buford's not here to convey that message, but we did get quite a few good reviews, so we do appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but yeah, enough of that. Enough of the sappy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, you want to finish that? I was going to say, do you want to finish this? the rest of this? I'm, I'm tired of Bill Mayer, that boot-licking crap. Oh, she's an intelligent person. Come on, dude. I can only handle so much. All right. This is creepy. This is some this is very, very weird. This is on Citizen Free Press. It's just a video, but Canadian actress, I don't even know what this is. Jennifer Gibson suffers Bell's palsy after vaccine, which is extremely unfortunate. Not happy about it, not laughing about it, not funny. We'll play, she looks terrible. And so she doesn't have control uh, because her, of this yeah. of her, her the, the muscles in her face and even one of her eyes. Man, it's 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 terrible and it's sad. I, and we'll we'll let that video play for itself, but this is disturbing to me for for one reason in particular. Oh, this is not a video I want to make, um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine, um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So. Um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. Because this is what we have to do to see people. No. I don't rightly know what to make of that. If she's saying that like in jest. Yeah, like she's trying to be sarcastic about that. or I, I don't know, which I mean, and I'm, I would wager to bet that, that she's a lefty, but man, that's still heartbreaking and gut rich to see some that happen to somebody. And the bad thing about it is, too, though, like, I would do it again. 
whether I don't I I don't know if she's being sarcastic or not, but I didn't think that she was the first time I watched that. I kind of thought maybe watching it the second time now that that perhaps she was, but we have all this data. This there is no reason to subject yourself to that. Like that is that is gut wrenching. And speaking of that, I was just talking to my mom the other day and she told me that she got another booster. I'm like, what are you doing? And then she said that um, they told her that she could be approved for two more, which would be like five and six. Good but God. she's waiting for sign off on. I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, what's her answer? She, I mean, she, she just said that, you know, basically she feels that she has to do it. I'm like, you don't. I mean, you don't have to do it. I wish I hadn't done it. How old is she? Let me see. My dad is 80, so she's 74. Yeah, they scared a lot of people yeah. with that, dude. But then, you know, on the flip side, my dad's 80, and he did not get any shots. I don't know, for the new listeners, if you didn't, you may not have heard this, um, but my mom was, well, at the time, double both of her first shots, and I believe at least one one booster in, possibly two, her and my uh, dad both got COVID. He, being 80, non-vax, n- you know, no booster, came down, runny nose, cough, wasn't feeling that well for a few days. Uh, my mom ended up in the hospital almost on a respirator, and this was after being, you know, vaxxed and everything. And as a side note, um, basically what saved her was my sister was able to get ivermectin at the time, which was you know, crazy to be taking horse juice. And uh, she slipped it into my mom when she was in the hospital. And you know, within a couple of days, she's out of the hospital. Which is crazy that your mom would still get vaccinated yeah, after exactly. having been administered ivermectin. So I don't, I don't know what her deal is. I don't know what the end game with that is. And I've told her, you know, I wish I would have never got it. I've told her about, you know, the people with the metal and their their blood and the clotting issues and even myself um i was going to kind of mention this last week but uh i was a little under the weather with some sinus infections and an ear infection going on so um i think this is probably the first time last week i let i've told this to buford and stanley that i'm basically a borderline hemophiliac which means my blood doesn't clot properly so any kind of a cut which would be a small scrape maybe to you guys. You wouldn't think anything of it could be an issue for me. Um, so I was leaving work last Thursday uh, and I uh, was with a friend of mine and we were just talking and uh, cut my elbow on a pretty sharp piece of metal. And like, you know, first of all, my thought is, oh God, I'm going to be bleeding. This could be bad. And uh, I kind of turned my arm, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm bleeding. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm not bleeding because this is a pretty sharp piece of metal, and I hit it good with my because elbow. That, so basically for a long time your whole life, yeah. that, that would have that that equated that to. That would have been, you know, instantaneously, yeah, you know, bleeding quite a bit. So it was kind of on the backside of my arm on my elbow, so I rolled my arm over, and I could see where the skin was you know, cut up, but I really didn't see much blood. I'm like, well, that, that's not usual. You know, that's, that's not new. Not, yeah. That's new for me. So, um, <clears throat> I go to our restroom, which is quite a ways away. And basically I should have had blood running down my arm, 
probably the back of my hand to my wrist and possibly dripping onto the floor by the time I got to the bathroom at that point because it was a a cut that was regularly yeah and it was three quarters of an inch long probably so it was a pretty decent cut that should have been bleeding pretty bad with my condition so I get to the bathroom and you know I wash it off and I pat it off with a paper towel there's a little bit of blood so I'm like well that's that's pretty weird uh take you know take a paper towel with me because I'm like well it's probably going to start bleeding on the car ride home get home pat it again there's just a little bit of blood and uh I mentioned to these guys I put a band-aid on my arm that evening at like five o'clock we got done with the show here after nine I told him I said hey look at this band-aid normally I would have bled through three to four band-aids by that time pulled that one off not a drop of blood on it and I think you remember you yeah, seen that for sure. So, <clears throat> that only leads me to believe that you know I have clotting issues because of this vaccine. Because any other time I should have been bleeding majorly, Which in that particular and I would have been. Per- perhaps it'll save your life if you get into an oh. auto accident and get a laceration. Yeah, but it could be worse too. It could be could cost me my life. It's it's going to take a long time for all this to shake out on that and. Like I said, that's just, you know, there's an example here. There's an example there. Obviously, we've covered plenty of examples on our show. I think it's just a travesty what they've done. I, it's it's awful. And that was me with just two shots, no boosters. I can only imagine, I guess, like my mom, who's on number four now, like what's going on. To some degree, it seems to me like society's moved on from what happened with all that. And and I know they're still talking about administering more, but you don't see the push for that. Like, I remember the commercials, and, oh, man, it yeah. was constant, and we referenced it at the time, that it was everywhere. We had saturated all forms of media. And uh, I don't like how it's getting it, – it, it's, it's, to a large degree, in my opinion, in my observation, it seems like it's being swept under the rug – but I can only imagine, and in fact, uh, a good friend of the show had said prior that, uh, and, and I tend to agree, I think it's it's common sense that, man, you're, you're going to have, in, in just a matter of a few years, you're going to have those uh, class action lawsuit commercials on television, you know, five, five years down the road, 10 years max. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. But, man, this this was on such a large scale, and it was, coercion and force like i said last week where people were having to choose between their job and a vaccine so we can never ever ever let that happen again that should have never happened and we should never let that happen again but i need to figure out how to work this soundboard so let me i butchered this last time me and reverso did the show without the producer so Take one. <laughs> this mic sounds weird compared to mine. I'm using Buford's mic. This week, an idiot cross-dressing confused moron pervert Democrat nutshell black nose. He's a fag. Y'all ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen, this is This Week in Idiot, Cross-Dressing, Confused, Moron, Pervert, Democrat, No Job Wackos, a blue-collar blacklisted podcast. You can email us, info at bcblpodcast.com. You can find us on the internet at bcblpodcast.com. And you can find us on True Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. 
And if you've listened this far, thank you again for listening. Please leave us a five-star rating. And if you're genuinely kind enough to leave us a a review, we'd appreciate that too. And thank you for the people that have, by the way. Dude, again, we appreciate it. Changing our algorithm. It is. It is. So that, and, and I really attribute that to the uptick in our listenership. And again, we greatly appreciate it. We are on the dailymail.com. This story is a few days old by now. Uh, let me get that headline. I think we'll just hit the bullet points. Uh, John Hopkins' doctor told her, tra- her trans army officer wife to stop being a coward and to work through her ethical issues to hand over medical information on senior military officers to Russians, indictment shows. Major Jamie Lee Henry, the Army's first trans officer, and Dr. Anna Gabrielian, Gabrielian, that's hard to say, but I got it, were indicted for trying to give secret records to the Russian government. The files included medical records of senior military officers at North Carolina's Fort Bragg and of their families. Dude, that's infuriating. The base is home to 52,000 active duty soldiers as well as the U.S. Army's Delta Force and Special Operations Forces. Gabriellen was allegedly fueled by her patriotism for Russia and told Henry not to be a coward when she expressed concerns about violating HIPAA. Henry allegedly tried to volunteer to fight for Russia against Ukraine but was rejected because the doctor had not had combat experience. There's a picture somewhere. I don't know who's who. Oh, my God. That has to be the one that was a guy that's now a woman because you can see that huge yeah. Adam's apple. Oh, oh, dude, that Adam's apple is, uh, I mean, everything about it, the horse teeth, the oh that man brow that's and a, jaw. It's an ugly guy and a really ugly lady. I want to be lady. Dude. Oh, see, this this one's not too bad. I mean, yeah, well, I guess she's. What was that? I said serviceable. Like, <laughs> nah, it's not appropriate. I mean, to Buford, I, I couldn't care less. I think it's funny. Yeah, there's a lot more to this. Henry explained to the undercover agent that they were committed to assisting Russia and had looked into volunteering to join the Russian army after the conflict in Ukraine began. But Russia wanted people with combat experience, and he did not have any, the indictment said. So Henry would be the tranny. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it still calling itself Henry? Why would Russia want somebody that, <laughs> a transvestite fighting for them? They're, they don't. They send you to the gulags if you do that stuff in their country. <laughs> we come on. Hey, look, if you want any more information on this, you can click the link. I just want Reverso to scroll up and look at that picture one more time and see if we can get another initial reaction. God. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a link in the description. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some sweet earrings, too. Dude, the sh- exposed shoulders you got. Something my grandma would have wore like in 1980. Yeah, dude. We're going to wrap this up because it's the only two of us and we both got to work tomorrow because we have full-time jobs. <laughs> uh, this is Joe Biden speaking in Puerto Rico. This is not where he drops the F-bomb. This is uh, just some of his comprehensive thoughts that we'll leave you with. And this totally fits because, oh, by the way, on that previous story, because this is Democrat nut job wackos. I would bet money that the tranny in that story voted Democrat. Did anybody want to take that bet? I haven't looked. I haven't looked. And we don't have to. If somebody wants to contest that, you can email us. Or you can call us if you want. We'll be recording this time. Well, Thursday, whatever next Thursday is. 
If you're listening to this, this coming Thursday, the 17th. 13th. 13th? Yeah, today's the 6th. Well, you can't hold me responsible for the things that I say. Who would want to live in a world where you've got to be held responsible for the things that come out of your mouth, especially when you have a podcast? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) What was the date again? The 13th? Yes, sir. October 13th? 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern at 561-363-6060. You can call and contest that. And uh, so, yeah, and speaking of Democrat pervert, not job wackos, uh, we'll just uh, listen to this one right quick and wrap this up. Minnesota, Texas, to, to help however they can. And New York sent not only a congressman, one of the most congresswomen in the Congress, but a state troopers and emergency responders. I got to hear it again. That's gold. Minnesota, Texas, to, to help however they can. And New York sent not only a congressman, one of the most congresswomen in the Congress, but the state <laughs> troopers and emergency responders. Dude. One of the most I, congresswoman in the Congress. How can his wife even stand there? She, is that his wife? Yeah. I thought that was Alice Cooper. <laughs> well, you know, they do look similar. She is so, ch- dude, I've said it before. She is the cheapest imitation because they're frauds. In many ways than one, but that, who would wear that? <laughs> that looks like it was made from an oven mitt my grandmother would have used. That is the horrible, horrible pattern. Like, God, how can she stand there behind him? She just needs a. Well, what did you? Well, okay, that's fine. You can say that, but let me ask you a question. What the hell would this bimbo do if she wasn't? Not true. I mean, <laughs> again, the thing is, like, I don't know if you saw. They when they went to the Queen's funeral, they had to sit like pretty far oh, yeah, back. All the way in the back. And you know, there's had to be a multitude of reasons why. Like no primarily, would, why would you guess that they might sit this old decrepit bastard in the back? Because if he shits yeah. himself, <laughs> yeah. they gotta freaking get him out of there. And then which when they came in, they probably thought like she was a homeless wino bag lady. <laughs> like they and but the thing is, like, there's cameras everywhere. Like it's unbecoming. You can't can you think of the media narrative if they kicked out this homeless woman? Like, yeah. oh, I just want to see the queen get married. Yeah. <laughs> they kick her out. That's going to look bad on camera. So I'm sure they probably literally, I'm not even kidding. They probably thought she was homeless. They and probably her... put him in the back so he couldn't go up there and try to sniff the queen. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably tried to tell her wherever the hell the soup kitchen was. Like, hey, downstairs, that's, that's where they feed the homeless. Dude. She is a homely looking. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. We will see you next week. No, you'll, yes. You'll hear us next week. That's it. Thank you. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show But that's too true for radio